Hi, this is Joanne Dennison, CMP, and welcome to another, what do we call these again? Edition, I guess, of Sit in the Attendee's Chair. Be good if I knew these things when I'm the host, right? Mine, mine, mine. Anyway, so glad to have you either for the first time or if you have uh, listened to some of them previously, glad to have you back. Um, and on a side note, uh, up until recently, we were only on YouTube. And uh, my troopers have worked very hard to get us up on other platforms. So uh, now you can do something else while you're listening to it. Because uh, I know for a lot of you, that was the hard thing is, is that you couldn't do it. Which platforms? I don't know. Kelly and, and so Pauline, what platforms? Or on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, um, Podbean, which is an app. We also have our website, sit in the attendeeschair.podbeam.com. Um, and I think that's it. We're working towards Spotify, so, you know, check on that soon. But, yeah. And not at thank you, both of you, because I know you've all been working on how to get these up and everything. Um, and not all of them are up on all platforms yet. So you can find all of them still on the YouTube channel, but uh, you can find uh, some of them up on the other. So hopefully that helps some of you and will encourage some of you to listen in the future because we always love having you here. Um, today I'm super excited because we have a guest in the actual podcast studio and it took us a <laughs> lot of emails and texts to get this set up. Um, but I am pleased to introduce you to Christine Zara. Yes. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> we were going back and forth. Zara, Sarah, Zara. Um, and I was trying to get it right. Zara, uh, CMP. So, you know, and that's actually how we met, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, CMM. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of things today. Her, her road to being in the position she's in right now and a meeting that she was involved in this past week. And also, um, well, we'll save the end for when we get there. So anyway, welcome, Christina. Thank you. Thank you. So, so happy to be here in, in this lovely town of Boston and this cold, cold weather. Getting back to our Orlando tomorrow. So, <laughs> But it's 62 here but today. No, I know. It's, it's like nice here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. South. Florida considers 62 cold. And we're going, wow, second week <laughs> of November and it's 62 and it's sunny and it's wonderful. But it was great seeing the changing of the leaves on the Yeah, you got a nice yeah. of that. that. So, yeah. yeah. It's just been a really really great week so but i'm ready it's time to go home Is that it? Yeah. You're, you're done you're done <laughs> no, you're done once you're done with done. us you're done <laughs> no. exactly totally understand that so um as I mentioned to you before, one of the things when we have planners on is we, we do this thing about uh, on the road to becoming a meeting planner, on my way to becoming a meeting planner would be a better, uh, because it's such a meandering route for so many people. Um, yesterday, I actually had the uh, privilege of, of being a guest in um, a class at Drexel, thanks to Devin and Paul O'Neill, and it was very interesting because they were freshmen. And they're in an intro to hospitality, and they're spending this week talking about meetings and events and mm -hmm. how you become a planner and, and everything like that. And I said, first of all, you need to know that most of us above a certain age, probably at least 40, maybe even 35, we have degrees in all kinds of things. And we just yeah. ended up there because yeah. it's, it's just not a direct path for most people. So no. tell us about your meandering way to becoming a meeting planner. That's what? exactly. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry. Oh, oh, it's all about yeah, him. Yes, it's all about him. Sorry. Got carried get, away there. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, well, apparently we're going to start with 
Steve the Great, who's <laughs> looking forward to this uh, episode of this podcast. So go get Mom and them. Tell them put their ears on. Listen up. Okay. And? Hi, Kelly here. Very excited for this episode. And Pauline, hi. There we go. We got uh, part of the troopers here in person. So um, sorry, didn't mean to forget. I got so excited <laughs> Christina was here that, you know, who I haven't seen in... Oh my gosh, Almost two years. Yeah. January will be two years. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. Well, we've really actually only seen each other once. You so. haven't aged a bit. You, <laughs> <great>. <laughs> you do. I know. We're good. I, if we if we can make it through the past two years, we can make it through anything, right? Oh, isn't that the truth? Isn't so the truth? actually, why don't we tell the story about yeah. how we met? You oh, want to yeah, start it or you absolutely. want me to start it? Go ahead. So um, with the CMP, you have to get your accreditation. you got to get your education. And I was just going through um, some opportunities for that. It was coming up on the cusp of recertification. And I saw this awesome opportunity. It was CMP uh, semester at sea, which I love to travel. And I thought, well, this will be great. I'll just combine my two loves, uh, meeting planning and traveling and cruising. So, And th- that was you. You were my instructor. And it was a, just a fabulous time and I got 10 points toward my CMP <laughs> which, is, which is wonderful and on a, a cruise treasure. ship eating and great food ship, <laughs> having amazing food and amazing experiences and meeting some really really interesting people so that was a, was a diverse group we were that. very diverse it was an amazing class it was a lot of fun and they really took care of us so shout out to celebrity cruises you guys do it right absolutely Lacey and Lisa and Shana all of them um and many of you have heard me talk about, you know, the CMP at sea and me not being a ship person and how that trip actually converted me. Um, but I was impressed because Christina already had her CMP and her CMM, which I tried not to let intimidate me. And, um, you know, to me, anyone who chooses to come to any of my classes who already has their CMP, I think that says a lot about them. And uh, I consider it a huge compliment that not that that's what it's about but the fact that they still come back and you know catch up and learn what someone else says or you know what's changed and so yeah that's how we got to know each other was actually we were standing getting ready to board that's when we met so um so yeah uh hopefully there'll be a cmp at sea in 2022 um there's some conversations about it. it hasn't fallen into place but hopefully there will be and Hopefully, I will see some of you on it, too. Um, And I highly, highly recommend it. Whether you have your CMP or you're seeking it, it's it's a fantastic opportunity. And we got to do so many cool things going. And I was insistent on that. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. This isn't going to just be a little fam trip. We need to know how the ship works. Yes, it was great. The back behind the scene tour. Yeah, the um, sustainability Mm -hmm. and then the officers. Okay. Even the room that they had us in, we were on the upper level. Yeah, it was just completely glass. Yep, it was a little distracting at times. I was like, I'm, I can't sit near the window because I'm just going to be look at the look at the scene. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, and then a ship would suddenly come into the yes. picture, another ship. You you <laughs> see my head go. Yeah, like, she, you know, she could see it before everybody. She's facing us, and then she'd just stop and mid sentence, and just kind of get this glazed look. We're like, "What? What? What's happening?" You know, you know, you're just looking at the ocean and the sky, and suddenly there's this very large ship out <laughs> you know, there. She's like, "There's a very large ship out there," <laughs> yeah. and then we pick it right back up. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> but yeah, highly, highly recommend it. And celebrity, along with the education that I gave, celebrity did a really good job of giving us opportunities to understand 
you know, safety and risk management and crisis mm-hmm. and sustainability mm-hmm. and and things f- and how that oh, all it was works. Great. We got to chat with the captain. Yeah. And I remember. And his officers asked, only anyone officers remembers the captain. So dynamic. He was great. Uh, but I remember somebody asking, like, when an emergency does happen, what is the most like difficult part of managing that? And he mm-hmm. said it was the passengers because yep. they feel like they know more than the crew. And they had one instance, I think it was a fire alarm went off, and the, was it a, they had a, a fireman, retired fireman, he was like, follow me, I know what I'm doing, and everybody just assumed, because he gave those credentials, they started to follow him in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And they're like, stop listening to each other, we, you know, we've got this. Yep. And th- I think that is a good message, and it applies to event planning. Absolutely. Very much. Absolutely. So, attendees will do the same thing to us on site. They're well, like, what are you doing? I know what I'm doing. I'm the professional. Let me <laughs> let me do my job and help you. And sometimes that means turning it over to the venue staff, mm-hmm, too. Because right. it, And actually, this class I was visiting yesterday for Drexel, um, we talked about that because we talked sadly about what happened over the weekend. This is a couple days after the horrible concert. Oh, yes. Fiasco, mm-hmm. catastrophe in Houston. And it was very interesting to get their insight. But, you know, I talked about that and I said, you know, because uh, the professor said to me, what is one of the biggest things you would want them to take ahead? And I said, a risk assessment. Correct, correct. And I said, a crisis management. And I explained how the two were different. Risk was the possibility or the probability and, and crisis was it's happening, people. It. And I said, you know, when you go into a venue, one of the things you should ask when you're doing the site tour is what is your, you know, crisis plan? Mm-hmm. And because in a lot of facilities, they do not want you to call 911. They do not want to call you. They you call one number to your contact in the hotel and they get the help there. And before you think, oh, well, that's wasting a call, they know they're building better than you ever will. Mm-hmm. And one, if everyone picks up their cell phone and calls 911, I heard a story 20 years ago even about, you know, there ended up being 10 ambulances lined mm-hmm. up outside for one person. Mm-hmm. And that was just resources wasted on a thousand levels. Plus, Absolutely. They're not coming to main doors. They're coming to, you know, staff, back of the house doors. We don't know where those are. We don't know the numbering. We don't know the lettering. So you call your contact at the venue and say, we have this happening. We we need an ambulance. We need whatever. They will contact because they can quickly say, go to door, you know, 5A. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the fire departments have worked with the venues to understand what the numbering and lettering system is. So... This is going to be a very, it's a very sad situation. I mean, it is just a horrible situation. Um, But from our standpoint in the event industry, I think we really need to look at this to see, you know, they're looking at the venue, they're looking at Live Nation, which is probably the biggest concert, you know, uh, uh, producer. I kind of was thinking that too. They have the monopoly for sure. Yeah. And, you know... Uh, the performer himself and now the performers, you know, I saw where Drake was supposed to be a a surprise guest and he's being sued in these now and everything. But I got a lot of insight talking to these students yesterday because one of them, and he was so articulate about it, I was so impressed. He said, this has got to stop. He said this, he said, there's, you go to these concerts. Okay, 
I guess I haven't been to a concert in a while, or at least these kinds, these festival concerts, because he's going, there needs to be, you know, areas divided, and there needs to be where you, you know, pay more to be up front of the stage. And I'm thinking, wow, they don't do that? When did they stop doing yeah, that? Because I've never been to a concert that isn't you pay more to be mm-hmm. on the stage in the wings. And so what he was saying is, you know, all these festivals, it's pay one price, $170. Mm-hmm. And so people just push and push and push and push. Mm -hmm. And he said he and two of his friends were at one of the big ones in the past couple months, and they left because because they just felt it was too dangerous. He said someone was, like, flicking cigarettes, you know, ashes on him to get him out of his way. And he's like, this is ridiculous. And I said, you know, it used to be concerts you did do that, and there were very clear divisions, and there was security on each of those to make sure people didn't go into it that hadn't paid for that Mm -hmm. ticket. Mm -hmm. So I didn't realize that so many concerts, I guess these are the ones they label the festivals. Mm -hmm. There aren't chairs. There aren't anything. It's just, uh, as he said, it's a big mosh pit Mm -hmm. is what it turns the main reason I don't go to them. I'm a little scared, honestly, just yeah. because of how, just the videos I've seen of how unorganized and crazy it can get. So, yeah. You know, I mean, if security. Of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I <laughs> mean, away. if you go, go to something that has yes. designated seats and security. So it's going to be interesting um, because we, of course, talked about the Mandalay Bay. I shouldn't call it that. I know they prefer we don't. But anyway, the one that happened in Las Vegas a few mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. of course, that one had its own weird thing going because fleeing from the danger was almost impossible in some ways. But, you know, we need to think about things like that. So, okay. Now that we've talked about it, but it is a case to follow, just like if you didn't follow some of the things that came out of, you know, uh, the Las Vegas situation. One of the students said something about, because I said, they said, oh, everything's going to change. And I said, but we would have thought that after Las Vegas. Yeah, exactly. And, and I said, you know, things didn't change. I said, look at the 2003 horrible club fire in Rhode Island mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where people, the doors were locked and, and their pyrotechnics went off. And, and one of the students said, I thought locked doors were banned in the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire, which was like in the 19-teens. And I said, for workplaces. But I said, there's the cotton, what is it, Cotton Grove? Mm-hmm. Cotton Grove, that's one of the, I think it's in Boston. Anyway, there's a history of them where we would think that everything would change after it, and it doesn't. So we at least need to do the the right things as we're planning our events. Mm -hmm. 100%. Getting with your security Mm -hmm. team and discussing with them the protocols is critical. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. High, high at the list. Okay, so now that we've covered all, you see how we digress. At I time, or we <laughs> as we don't digress, we just jump all we over just the go, place. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's oh, good. what about that? that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So, <laughs> kind of like a career. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. now we've explained how we met. Let's talk about how you got here. So basically, much like everyone else, just kind of fell into it. Uh, there was a need at the company that I was working for. Uh, the young lady had left. They asked me to come in, and I said no. So they what were did like, you? Well, what were you there for originally? What were you I doing? I was doing um, business intelligence. I was working in the business intelligence. And I was, I'm sorry. What is business I was, intelligence? I was actually it seems like an oxymoron. I was developing their software. Oh, so okay. it was um, the sales folks when they would go out the reporting how they would see that how they could quickly share that with their clients and that kind Got of thing. It. so I was mm-hmm. building that so that's interface. like what your degrees are in well yes and so I actually uh, was training on that and they had this series where you would go to each of the regions throughout the United States and I would get on stage and I would talk about here's what's coming it's called mile markers and this is what it looks like and I guess I impressed the two people that uh, kind of were the head of sales and also incidentally event planning so they were like we need to get this young lady on our team so when this position became available, 
straight away. They were like, come come to us. And I thought, event planning, that is just, that's not me. That's not what I, my expertise is in. What are you talking about? So I, I passed on it. But they asked me to sit in the interviews um, to, to select the right person, which I thought that was really interesting. And so I did. And the more they talked about it, I was like, this is kind of something that, I want to do. <laughs> so, they do you think just, they did that deliberately to get you? To I don't know because they were just an, and she she was wonderful. And I'm sorry, but uh, they were just about to make an offer, and I was like, "Hey, can we talk?" <laughs> you know? So we went outside, and I was like, "You know, I kind of want it." And uh, it was so cute because my my boss at the time, she's like, "You're killing me." I'm like, "I'm so sorry." She's like, "Okay, you can have it, but really." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I don't. I do want it." Um, but everybody was laughing at me. I remember my friends in the company like, oh, my wife's birthday is coming up. Can you plan her party? Mm-hmm. You know, and it just became this kind of snarky. And that was my first introduction of, oh, hmm. And then I had another executive say, I'm really interested that you decided to take that career choice. You could do so much more. <gasps> and yes. And, and Yeah. And that was the beginning. And I love it. I absolutely love what I do. I get a kick out of it. At the, when I finish an event, and I look back on that accomplishment. It's it's everything. The, to, to run an event, to be an event professional. I could easily, and I know a lot of people say this and feel this way, I could easily step into a CEO role because it's all-encompassing. Mm-hmm. It is everything, and it all starts on a sheet of paper, and then it manifests to a real, live, actionable event where people, no matter what they touch, taste see i've provided all of that i've selected the the venue that they're going to i've selected the meal they're going to eat if they want a diet coke i put it there not me physically but you made it sure was they on got a work it. order it was on a work order that it should be delivered at this time and and it's funny because people don't really truly understand what it is we do or the value that we bring mm-hmm. to an organization and i find that a, a massive tragedy it's a travesty that they don't know that they don't take really the time because when you're hiring an unprofessional to do a job that requires a professional you are wasting so much money and you don't know it because you don't know what to look for you don't know what that ROI looks like Mm -hmm. and and if you don't and you don't know what to look for you don't know what the pitfalls are or how a professional can actually contribute to your bottom line and culture you're missing the mark and there's a lot of companies out there that are missing the mark and it's sad and I think a lot of times I was talking with someone the other day, they think, oh, well, the hotel does all that. Mm-hmm. You just, you know, send an email, sign a contract, mm-hmm. and the hotel, and, and I guess there are some people who let them, but most well, of us. Well, you're losing a lot of money. <laughs> I can guarantee it. <laughs> losing a lot, right, both from lack of ROI mm-hmm. because every decision has been thought out. Correct. Um, and, you know, one of the things I, I mean, Steve pointed out to me, Steve we all know. <laughs> we're all detail oriented you know we all say that and I always say please don't put it on your resume because if you're in this field that's assumed and yeah <laughs> um uh, but um the first event he and I did together years ago was a conference and I remember it blew him away that I insisted that there had to be a trash basket mm-hmm. by the registration table yeah. I mean I was yeah, like they don't think to do that that's uh, that's a real thing and that's why all the, and we were using Sticky because it was a one-day conference, so mm-hmm. Sticky name tag was appropriate, plus budget was very tight and everything. And people wonder how all that trash ends up on the tables and on the floors mm-hmm. from name tags. It's because there's no trash. Exactly. And if you expect your venue to know that, 
you're off the mark. Yeah. They're not uh, going to. Yeah. I and, 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 and I love when you see these planners go, well, where's it? You would think. But that, well, no, you have to think for your yeah. event and you have to ensure you're thinking on all levels yep. for everybody, your vendors, everyone, security, everyone. So, yeah, it's, it's a tremendous undertaking to do if done properly. And the details that everyone makes fun of us for is what makes the difference yep. between an okay, yeah. a good, and a great, stellar. and a stellar a event. Stellar event. Yeah. A exactly. Yeah. Um, so, um, so anyway, yeah. keep going. So, so that was it. So that really started my career. I was there for a very long time. Um, it was a wonderful company to work for. They were very much investing in leadership. That was very important to them. Uh, we did. Um, we even had to do the go out in the woods with a popsicle stick and get your self from point A to point. I don't know what that has to do with leadership, you know, these wilderness outing things, but we did Ooh. it. <laughs> Stayed the night by myself in the woods in the middle of nowhere. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> and then the whole time I'm thinking, uh, this is helping me how, you know. Um, but it was fine. We could do this in <laughs> yeah. inside a building, exactly. and I can show you how exactly. to do it with the right yeah. people. Was, yes. Me starting my own fire and cooking my own food. Uh, yeah. I don't know how this equates to better management, but I'm going to trust the process. <laughs> uh, so I was very fortunate to learn under that tutelage. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was able to carry that with me throughout my career because being a good leader as an event planner also critically important and a different skill set because your event managers – and planners are very much executives in their own right. They run their program. You have to give them the flexibility and the freedom to do it. So when you are on site with one of your employees, they are in charge. And that's not easy for a lot of people when they're in a leadership role because they're, I'm the leader. Why aren't people coming to me? I need these people with shiny name tags talking to me. Why are they talking to you? And that's an attitude that has to be set aside when you are managing and, and directing event professionals. That, that's not always easy to do, especially when you're, because we are in control. Of, I mean, we're control freaks. That's at the heart. We are. We're control freaks. We, we are. are. Yeah, there's just no getting around that. It's, Least of our meetings and events. We try on it's everything a else. Exactly. <laughs> it's a requirement. And so, and, and how often I know at Thanksgiving, I'm like, I have to take charge. I'm going to make sure the, the casserole goes here, the turkey goes here. You need to cut it a certain way. I was like, get out of my kitchen, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we just naturally take control. So when you're in that position where you're leading and managing somebody who you have to give them that control, and it's very difficult. Sometimes it can be very difficult. But it's, it's critically important to grow and, and nourish your employees the right way. And you have to let them handle it. You do. You have to believe that you chose the professionals and they know, you know, I think that's true with any position. If you, if you do not trust, mm -hmm. like one of the um, workshops I do sometimes is on delegation. Yeah. And I'm like, did you hire these people? You know, if you hired these people, you need to have a little faith that you hired the right people and let them do their job, absolutely, you know? Absolutely. Um, I mean, hiring good people and getting in their way, is, especially right now in the middle of the Great Resignation. The Great Resignation. Is, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, that's a huge thing. Let people yeah, pick good people that can do the job, give them the support, the training, whatever it is, the resources they need, and let them do their job. Let them do their job. Uh, the Great Resignation, glad that you brought that up. So coming off of a large event, the largest in North America so far in 2021, 6,300 attendees came to our conference. We in Boston, at in the BCEC. At the BCEC, great team, fantastic team. Thank you for everything, you guys. Um, it was wonderful. But the impact that COVID had, I wasn't prepared for. 
Okay. Um, we are going to. Everyone's have dying to, to hear this. You know. Yeah, we are going to have to plan differently. Okay. Um, long gone are the days of the two-hour turnover room, right? Where you have a certain room set up, you have everything for a U shape, and then in the morning, something as simple as a conference for same number of people takes an extraordinary amount of time. Because they're doing they extra cleaning, have, or they because they don't have the staff. They don't have the staff. They don't Everyone's have the staff. hurting the unstaffed. Yep. And when you call for something that, you know, because we always get the attendees are like, I need five lavaliers. You get there. I actually asked for six. You didn't, but we'll get you the extra one. It takes a little bit longer than it normally does. I don't know how long that will last, I guess, as long as the great resignation continues. But I learned there has to be a smarter way. Now, also, we were very behind the gun because in August, we weren't sure if we were still going live or we were going virtual. Mm. It was just very much back and forth. And when you work for an Delta association. Because Delta had really come up at that point. Right. And you've got the board and everybody's weighing in. Uh, so when we did decide to go live, we were very, very much behind the eight ball. And even then, a lot of our affiliates were, we're not sure if we're coming. Mm -hmm. you know, and we work a lot with universities and they're very careful with mm -hmm. their students so they were you know we're not coming we can't be live we have to have if we are live we have to have a certain standard for social distancing which the city of boston does not currently impose right um so that was very interesting to work with them and then closer to the event it was this onslaught we're all coming so literally for two weeks it felt like i, I was working 16 hour days getting all of the banquet event orders all together for everything and is a big show up, big show out. I've <laughs> just worked so hard for it. So um, I wasn't really truly aware of what I was asking my vendors in terms of room turnover. There were a lot of them, a lot. But I was just so concerned with getting them a room, giving them the space. Although this person is in it until noon, they're coming in at 5. That's going to give them plenty of time to set up. No, no, it was very, very difficult, and it really took its toll on our st on their staff and on uh, us and, and and when you're behind like that it, it everything kind of gets off kilter but the most amazing thing was their willingness for the people that did show up how they worked and gelled together to make it happen the attendees were none the wiser and because this podcast is sitting in the attendees chair that is that was so impressive it was so impressive yep. to see and i was so proud of that because what we asked them to do could have easily been avoided had i had more time and forethought know that we were going to be a little understaffed mm -hmm. we didn't have either and the way that they just nailed it was so impressive it was so impressive because <coughs> they you know we're like ducks you know we're, we're paddling really hard but we're just mm -hmm. gliding on top of the water to mm -hmm. most people so they they were none the wiser they had no idea of just the chaos that was in that room almost minutes before they came in wow it was very impressive it was very impressive but i feel like we have an opportunity to plan better. I know I will. I know in my next event when that comes up, I will be really taking those turnovers into consideration and the setups and the equipment that are in the rooms, the risers, those kind of things yep. that will all play into just a better plan and make it a little more seamless and easy for my vendors because they're, they're your team, they're your partners. Well, and we want to take care of them. The, the reason that everyone, one of the reasons that hospitality venues and our whether they be restaurants convention centers hotels are so short-staffed is because of the way p they're treated either yes. by yes. their own company or by those of us who work with them so Correct. we need to take care and we need to always remember we're all on the same side that's right um are you trying to say something i think you are 
Well, I don't know. Is it appropriate to ask your venue about staffing before you? Yes, very much so. Yeah, they need to be transparent with you too, and that is something that I would encourage. If if they're and, and they were very transparent before we got there to say. If you could just kind of send a general message that, you know, we are a tad understaffed and it would be really great just to get the, the people who are requesting things of us, let them know that, to be a little bit more patient than than normal. Um, and although I had received that message, it just didn't, it was just kind of there. And then when you see it, it's a totally different matter. Well, and I don't think any of us would ever think of five hours unless you're tearing down or building up a general session to not be enough time to Correct. turn a room. Right. Correct. I mean, because these these staffs tend to be miracle workers and how they can turn it a room. It was the amount of rooms that we had, too. Yeah. Because we had a lot. Everybody was so Well, it's so a convention excited. center, so that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> they were so excited to be there and so excited to meet in person. Yep. So they were like, well, this is an opportunity for our team now to get together and have a board meeting or a, mm. a reception. Or so all the pop-up meetings that came up. All the pop-up meetings. That's, that's what it was. It was mostly that. Because it's not a long time. Well, it is a long time, five hours. That's plenty of time. But when you're doing that multiple times yeah. throughout and on a very small staff and even like getting our signage and things in, in place you know that was all just really delayed unfortunately but we were very nice to the people that showed up because and they you know they were there they were doing the work and you really can't get angry with them because they're the ones that are making this happen for you mm-hmm. and that's one of the messages that they've been trying to get out is don't beat on the people no, who are no, there no, 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 no. they're the ones you know they they're under so much pressure already yeah. themselves and they have chosen to be there yeah um and before we use the term as as christina said the meeting was in boston and i said bcec it's the boston convention and exhibition center yeah, um which is over in the the seaport district mm-hmm. um so uh yeah it is it's a it's a fascinating architectural because it's one of the few without indoor outdoor lighting in on the trade show floors mm-hmm. too which is pretty cool it's it, beautiful it's um and lawn on d with the slings yeah, and that everything great, yeah um, but big show. the weather was better, we might have used that. Yeah. But in Boston in November, you just don't know what you're going to get. No. <laughs> well, and the week before, you know, we had the Nor'easter come through, yes. which was just, you know, really crazy. Um, but, yeah, big shout out to to everyone, to all the staff. Absolutely. You know, a lot of you who are listening are on the venue side or some other supplier side. And please, I hope we always appreciate you. But the fact that a lot of you are doing triple and quadruple uh, you know, I was reading the other day, you know, a staff of six, one leaves five and how it just keeps adding to people are like, I can't do five people's work. And then someone else leaves. And now the four people that are left are doing, you know, and it just keeps snowballing. Mm-hmm. So um, big shout out to all of you who are, are supporting and and uh, helping these things somehow work. Um, so. Very cool. So yeah, that's an interesting when you said, you know, taking COVID into, you know, I was thinking more, um, you know, the more traditional COVID things, but that's a... Mm-hmm. It's a total, yeah. Yeah. Coming fresh off the event. And, and it's funny because, um, well, I know IMAX and everything else is coming up. and it's this week, yeah. yeah. Yeah, And my CFO was like, All right, do you want to go to that? And I said, well, actually, no, because we're still kind of on virtual and really, you know, hybrid and that kind of thing. And it's like... The conversation has to now evolve beyond that. Yeah. It's got to evolve beyond that. So, and I think that's the next thing. It's really for us to focus on what does it look like when we do come back? What can mm-hmm. we do to make it better for our attendees and more importantly, our partners? Because they're yes. the ones that need our support. And something as simple as a room change can make a huge difference on that side. Mm-hmm. Huge. Because we had managers down there 
Oh, I'm you know, sure. General managers, probably salespeople, everything. Oh, yeah, you know, but they all got hands it on done. deck. They got it done, and I'm not talking just about VCs. There's the hotels too that yep. we used. But um, that's what was impressive, though, was to see just that passion for our industry has not wavered. It's not gone anywhere. The people who are committed to the hospitality industry and love it are still there, and they still love it. Very. Which is great. That's a, so overall, the program went well. You were no complaints, uh, no complaints, none, none. It was great. That's amazing. Yeah, that it was. It was wonderful, and to have that many people show was you know a little overwhelming <laughs> in terms of zero to sixty three hundred and exactly in, a, in yeah. three months, basically. Well, and you. When did you start at the organization you're in now? You started after uh, the my pandemic year started. Your anniversary is November fourth. Yeah, so, so you started gosh. in the middle. So yeah. you had had you done any live events? We did. With them? Uh, no, I did a virtual with them as a contractor last year, mm-hmm. and then this year we weren't. You know, like I said, we weren't quite sure, and then we just decided to, to do it. So yeah, so it was great because I was able to kind of puff out my uh, peacock feathers a little bit and show off to be like, hey, yeah, you, you got a good one, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> you made a good choice. I don't, I don't look just good on paper, yeah, people, exactly, you know. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> or on a screen. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. That's very, very cool. Yeah, it was, it was. It was really interesting, and I'm excited to get together and talk with people who've had the same experiences around the same time that I have and, mm-hmm. you know, talk with other planners about that, too, to see. So for any of you listening, you'll definitely want to reach out to Christina. You can find her on LinkedIn, and we're going to give you more information. But um, you heard her. She would love to talk to other people, oh, and absolutely. I'm sure some of you who have ones coming up, because I know – number of you have them coming up the beginning of 2022 where mm-hmm. they were pushed off some of them two years so she would be a great person to run it by and uh yeah, you know up. compare notes and such so send uh, me a dm as the young kids say <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so i'm really excited i mean obviously you know i uh like and respect Christina a great deal, but one of the reasons that, uh, one of the many reasons that she is our guest today is I'm thrilled to say, I'm thrilled for her, I'm thrilled for our industry, that she has just finished a book about careers in the industry, on the planning side specifically. And the book is called All Access. And uh, the tagline says, an event professional's guide to getting the respect. Come on, you know you want that. (laughs) Promotion, another thing you're probably looking for, and salary they deserve. And for those of you, and most of you do know me pretty well by now for one reason or another, you know she's, you know, she's singing my song right there because I feel so strongly about all of them. So we wanted to talk to her about the uh, book and... um, why she wrote it, what's in it, et cetera. So first of all, w- well, first of all, when's the book coming out? So it because that's be, going to be the first thing people are going right, to Right. It'll be available on December 10th on the Friday. It'll be um, categorized in the horror section. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From you haven't read story. it. You're, you're kind of like, I can see that being in the horror section. Um, on it, Amazon? Uh, yes, on Amazon. It'll be on all of the platforms. You, you both know that those better than I do. I have a publisher for that. So <laughs> I, I'm trusting them to be like, okay, and they're telling me that's when it's going to come out. It was supposed to come out earlier. However, with the, um, the amount of work 
it took to make this um, this past event happen, it kind of got shelved a little bit because you have to prioritize. So, um, but I am excited. I'm very excited about it, and I'm thrilled that you wrote the forward. Thank you very much, Joanne. Yes, I did. <laughs> That's how I got drawn into this process. She goes, hey, I'm writing a book. I'm like, good for you. I still haven't done that. And uh, she's like, would you consider reading it and writing the forward? And I was like, I remember thinking, oh, am I going to end up in this situation where... No, I, was, I also said you are free to say no. And I know, <laughs> you know, you said that, but... I also know, honestly, that a lot of forwards are written by people who never read the book, yeah, which I will that. never do. So don't ask me to do that for you. Um, but uh, it, it was a great book. So what what drove you to write this book? Honestly, it was um, in the very beginning. Did you get pissed off one day? No, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was just writing in my diary. And it was just getting it on a paper can be very cathartic. Yep. Right? So... And, I, and then I just kept kind of, I got this whim, and I just kept writing and writing and writing, and I'm just getting it out, and I'm getting it out. And I'm thinking, it doesn't have to be like this. It doesn't have to be like this. And I've gotten to a pinnacle in my career, and I've taken steps that I've developed over my, my time in the industry that have worked for me. And I just really wanted to share that because I love this industry. I can't say it enough. And we can all sit in a room with MPI and the various other associations and say, we are great. We do great things. When we meet, we change the world. There are no truer words. But that's as far as that message is going. It's in those four walls. And You're we, preaching and to we, the choir. We are, we're all, we all know we're great. How come they don't know we're great? Yeah. What are we not doing? And really it's a call to action, a grassroots effort of how we as planners can do little things each day to just sing our praise and one day get that seat at the table because that's what we're truly missing. We're, we're really missing, and by companies and and clients excluding the planner from the table, they're missing out too, but they don't know how because they think we're just there to get them coffee and we're there to get them Danish. We're order takers. We're order and takers. A lot of their and, and that's so far beyond what our actual talents and what actually lays within us. So it's really just let's start doing it for ourselves. Let's start reassuring and consistently getting the message out of what it is we actually do, how we actually contribute, and let's do it in a professional way, speaking their language with the bullet points, talking money, because mm -hmm. you know, we're also just looked at as, well, that's just an expense. And one of the first things that happens in a recession is they start cutting back on events. Horrible, horrible. Uh, we've, it has been proven over and over when you meet face to face, you're setting a culture, you're setting a standard, you're bringing people together, you are changing things. So for them to discount that so easily and just assume that that's not really that important to their bottom line, it, it's just a travesty. So it, it just feels to me as I was writing and getting these stories out, and uh, uh, it's jam-packed full of stories that I've heard from people over the years. There are some stories for myself. They are truly unbelievable. Uh, you, I mean, I enjoyed the stories. You enjoyed the I stories. Found okay. laughing. I found myself laughing. Enjoying is the word. I well, I <laughs> blown I found away. Entertaining because a lot. Yes, yes, and I, they're all one hundred percent true. All wow. one hundred percent true. Yeah, That's and it's shocking. just a an, an interesting. It's just funny to me how that can actually. Yeah. It's some I, of them. It's like you read and it's like, okay, no, that can't happen. Mm. Wait, there's more. Wait, there's more. Like, 
there was this one story in particular, sorry to interrupt, I just remember it made my blood boil almost because I'm like, I mean, I haven't been in a situation like that, but just hearing you tell a story, it was one with Rhonda moving out of your office. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That one, I was yeah, like, oh that was gosh. a true story. Yeah, but, yeah, that happened. And and the way that she behaved when she was mm-hmm. on that site inspection was just, yeah. are you kidding me? Like, this well, is Why don't vacation. you give some of the, <laughs> yes, you know, okay, so because sorry, now yeah. they're going to be like, wait, <laughs> whoa, whoa, we'll we're going to buy the, the book. Right. In the meantime, <laughs> tell us what the heck you're talking about. As a, a lady that I worked for, she was t- my temporary boss for a very short period of time, thank goodness. But she came in and did not quite understand why I had an office. And my title at the time was only manager. Um, so she took it upon herself to remove me from my office and put me in a cubicle over a weekend. So I come in on Monday morning and my office is gone. And I'm, what? Yeah, I'm on the phone talking about where we're going for incentive trips right next to customer service. Customer service, they are tied to their desk. You know, Mm -hmm. they they pretty much are handcuffed there. And you sit there, you have a designated break, you have a designated lunch, you, you are required to work this amount of time and you're taking calls all day. And I'm on the phone talking about how the salespeople are going to Aruba. Yeah. It, that's that's not a good connection. That doesn't make sense Talk to about me. doing damage to company culture. Or, mm-hmm. right, absolutely. Or I'm talking about how uh, we're going to bring in a Grammy award-winning act and the pricing on that for our event. And really felt uncomfortable doing so. Because they're being paid maybe $15 absolutely, an hour or something to yeah. work this yeah. call line. Um, but what Rhonda did not know was uh, I had been with the company for a very long time and I was I was building my army. And when I say that, that's very much in the book about the importance of your coworkers, the people who are going to speak about you, well about mm-hmm. you when you are not in the room. When other people are saying, you know, I wouldn't have done that. I don't like Diet Coke. I don't know why we had so much at it, just as an example, at the event. Then you have someone there Atlanta to say, girl. you know, <laughs> then, then there was somebody there to stand up for you yeah. when you can't do it yourself. That's your army. Yep. Well, her boss happened to be a really stellar member of my army and I just explained to him this is exactly what I said I'm sitting next here this doesn't feel right it doesn't feel comfortable I need autonomy I need to have a space where I can operate best for you so over a weekend he moved me into the (laughs) office and didn't tell her so she comes in on Monday literally stands in my door and says how did this happen and I was like, because I have an army, and I kind of know what I'm doing, and I kind of need it. But if you want to have a conversation with somebody about it, I suggest you go talk to your boss. And that felt mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It felt good. And she was gone there very like, short after. But, you know, we just, again, it gets back to we just shouldn't have to fight that hard. Mm-hmm. To do our job. And just uh, the fact that you said you were just a manager, first of all, the titles are mm-hmm. so different oh, in different Lord, organizations. Yes. Sometimes yes. a manager Ordinator. outranks mm-hmm. a director, and sometimes a director mm-hmm. outranks a manager mm-hmm. and everything. But it's like, you know, it shouldn't be really about no, the title. No, it's about the work. And yeah. yeah. Right. And uh, my title didn't matter, but it was only directors had offices. And that's what she was operating from. She was a director, therefore, I shouldn't be in an office. It was just one of those, yeah. And you're like, really? Get out of my way so I can do my work. And you not know, only that, and, and Steve laughs at me when I do this, but. Steve the Great. Yeah, okay, Steve, yes, but right, Steve the Great. Um, <laughs> it pisses me off it was another woman. I have to agree with you there. I, I, I mean, I it, do I believe your army should be all women? Absolutely no, not. No. I've always had more men in my army than than women. Yeah. I, um, I've worked well with men from the beginning of my career, and, and that's helped. But for a woman who's in a, especially a decision-making role, mm-hmm. a leadership position, to do something so vile yeah, to another yeah. woman, yeah. Um, you know, it just, 
I get ticked off about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like you open the door and you bring others with you if they're qualified and they you do the job. You do not rip them down. I you know, hundred percent. And. 100%. And then she had the opportunity when she found out we were going on a site inspection. You know, she's, well, I got to go. Okay. Because I'm all this. Well, I'm your boss now, so therefore I have to go. And she's under the impression that we're going to go on a drinking binge. And, you know, she's just yupping it up and yakking away and having a great day. (laughs) And uh, her behavior was just atrocious. Sitting on beds as we're going through the site inspection, you know, rubbing her feet, taking off her shoes and rubbing her feet in the lobby, complaining the entire time. That's that professional on any level. And, and I'm just, she, she's like, are all site inspections like this? I'm like, yeah, because they're not vacation. Yeah. We're here work. working. Mm-hmm. I can walk into the hotel lobby and know in two seconds if this is going to work for me or not. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but that's what we do from the moment you get off the flight to the moment you touch back down if you're on a site inspection you should be moving the entire time yep and you're looking at everything from how did i get from the airport to the hotel and how did that work and exactly yeah exactly. it's a very very tough day it's one thing if it you're is. like on a fam trip that might That's be a little a more lot, react, a lot different. but when yeah. you're into am i actually going to use this for this particular meeting it definitely ramps up That's in exactly terms of right. intensity yes exactly when she was not prepared for that at all on any way shape or form and nobody it just no, no, nobody really outside is. But it just lends itself to, it's just head shaking. It can be so head shaking. So, yeah, so I started writing a diary, and then I just, I, it's, it developed into something quite different and extraordinary. And, and I didn't realize, I didn't think I had anything. I was just going to kind of table it until I asked you to write the forward. And when you did, I, I was so impressed that I was like, well, maybe I have something here. <laughs> so then I decided to go forward. So if, had you said no, it wouldn't have gone any further. Oh, goodness. That's true. I'm glad. That's I, true. I took it very seriously. I remember that because it took me a couple of weeks to get to read it. And then one Monday I just blocked it out and said, I'm reading this today and I'm going to get back to her. And then I wrote the forward right away because I didn't want it to get pushed around, shoved around. And, um, yeah, it was important to me. I thought your, I think your message is phenomenal there, and I love the fact for for when you start to read the book, um, it's interesting. Depending on what age you are, you may react differently to the beginning mm-hmm. of the book because yeah, it starts so. in the nineteen sixties or fifties, sixties, mm-hmm. and. Um, no, I wasn't working in the 1960s, um, <laughs> but Steve will probably tell you I was. But um, it, well, then he's not great if he's telling me I was working in the 60s. So. But it it gives you a lot of insight on women in the work world, the mm-hmm. professional work world as a whole, and also a number of times I've brought up that a lot of people who have been in this industry a while, let's say 35 years or more even maybe 30 or more, a lot of them started out, depending on what decade they started out in, as secretaries Mm -hmm. or admins or EAs. And they evolved into meeting planners. Unfortunately, this has come back to bite a lot of people because Mm -hmm. a lot of them started their professional career before they had a chance or didn't even have a chance to go to college. And as they get in these corporations and then the corporations go, no, we're not going to promote you because you have to have a degree. And I've seen a number of meeting planners struggle with that. They have 20, 25, 30 years of experience and they can't be promoted because their organization has decided everyone has to have at least a college degree and usually a bachelor's, Mm -hmm. not even an associate's. Mm -hmm. So that's really tough if you started working at 18, 19 and you proved yourself, and you're phenomenal, but you can't do it. So the book actually opens with, it's your... 
Uh, my aunt. Your aunt. Yeah, and she's working as a secretary. That's what they were called. 1960s, absolutely. Exactly, and through all of the work and dictation and everything she else she had to do, her boss right. was like, on Friday, we're going to have a cocktail reception for my clients, and you're going to throw it. And she did, and uh, this this happened numerous times in her Remember, career. this is pre-technology, too. You think it takes <laughs> a long time to get something set up now in a hurry? Oh, Try yes. it when you had to pick up the phone and call everyone. Physically, yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and thinking it went off well, everybody had a fantastic time, and all she received was disdain, and, and um, it was very quite upset with her. So and she's like, what is my motivation here? You know, like. Uh, but that was also pretty much the humble beginnings of event planning. Yep. So mm-hmm. that's very working against us as well in that people are still looking at us as as, as we are serving. We're there to serve them, right? We're there to mm-hmm. make your coffee happen. Well, and it's not a real career. A lot of people uh, think it's not know, a real career. It, it, um, absolutely. Well, I even think back. I remember the first time I saw meeting or event planner in a TV show or a movie. And ironically, it was um, The Apprentice, the very first season. Mm-hmm. Their last task, the last two or three that were on, oh, yeah. they, they were event planners for a golf outing, if mm-hmm. I remember right. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I'd ever heard it mentioned on TV. Um, I remember, sadly, the first time I ever saw it in the newspaper was when there was a plane crash off of Nova Scotia, and there were three meeting planners in there in the crash. Um, and I remember thinking, I've never, ever, ever seen this position referenced yeah. in, in the newspaper. Now, you know, it's it's on TV shows. A lot of you know I'm a huge Hallmark movie. That's my, <laughs> you know, that's... Oh, yeah, we're all uh, meeting planners on the Hallmark. Yeah, channel. yeah, yeah. Well, at least they, they, they've grown up. I mean, up until about... Four years ago, they referred to them as party planners. Everyone right. was either right. a party planner or a wedding planner. Yeah. And at least now they talk about event planners. They actually do, like, they say things that make sense right. most of the time. <laughs> and, you know, but now, you know, it, it's just changed in terms of this is a career. And that was one of the things I was trying to explain to this class yesterday is there was no career path. No. You know, there weren't, no. there's still not that many degrees yeah. in actual meeting and event planning it's maybe a subspecialty mm-hmm. of something or, or whatever but um pauline what was your favorite story in the uh, the book i don't know if it's my favorite because your favorite one to hate yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's probably the good one about the barbecue party for oh, a producer, producer. Mm-hmm. yeah of this person oh. should i talk about i don't yeah, know how much you want to give away that's fine. um this planner there's plenty more where this came from we're not spoiling <laughs> yeah, the whole book i promise <laughs> um organized the whole event planned everything in a way that made sense from what you described mm-hmm. yeah well um, the person was a professional yeah but they absolutely. were hired as an independent from their Correct. own company right Correct. Mm-hmm. and took into consideration safety um and all that but that wasn't to the taste of the person who was throwing the event like the day before so she had to change everything last minute, making everyone work over time, and then it ended up probably not working as well as it would have if she organized it, right? Correct. And then ended up not getting paid because it was not up to the person's standard, even and though he changed everything. And yeah, yeah that publicly embarrassed, yelled yeah. at during the event that mm-hmm. you are not a professional. Yeah. So. It felt like, oh, this person doesn't necessarily know what they're doing, but they think they're going to do better than the professional they hired. That's funny. <laughs> then why, <laughs> why are you doing it yourself? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, yeah. And then 
I don't know how that. And then changing did it. it, and then yeah. seeing the result of that, and then blaming mm-hmm. the person who had it correct to be. Yeah. 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 That was the uh, that was the one that was like we it gets worse it get worse it gets worse. <laughs> like yeah. when does it stop <laughs> yeah yeah it just kept compiling yeah on. yeah and it's hard as a planner to come back from something like that mm-hmm. because we are satisfaction seekers mm-hmm. you know mm. that's a big that's a big core part of who yeah. we are incredibly organized incredibly uh, have to be in control and um, and then we also want that satisfaction we want to be told at the end of the day that we did a good job mm-hmm. you know so when something like that happens it's really was very difficult for Leslie to come back from that because mm-hmm. did uh, she keep her own company that. she okay. did she did but we've talked so many times and she still brings it up it was just such a it how was many such years a ago unique was unique opportunity it was 15 years ago but it was such a it unique a opportunity and yeah and it left it just left really it left a mark for her yeah I mean she has recovered she's doing quite well but it didn't have to happen, you know. Uh, yeah, and I think, you know, having been an independent for years, the things you learn in business, because it doesn't dawn on you that people will be so horrible yeah. or mean mm-hmm. or rude or yeah. unethical. Yes, um, unethical. And that, you know, uh, you know, I didn't have anything happen on the scale that she did, but I can think of some. I got smarter. Yeah. But. It's a big price to pay when you're an entrepreneur. Yes. You yeah. know, every yes. every mistake you make like that, because obviously she had to pay her staff mm-hmm. and, you know, all mm-hmm. the time she put into it. Oh, and you just go, it, it just doesn't even dawn on you some of the things people can do, you know. Yeah. And I was way too trusting at the beginning. Yeah. Me too, because I think that we are trusting, you know, by nature, trusting people too. So I just didn't assume not to trust anyone else. Yeah, you, know, you work like with people all the time. If, yeah. You kind of have to <laughs> trust yeah, a little I bit. Ask yeah, somebody to get something done, I'm just assuming that it's going to yeah. get done. And I've learned, no, 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 uh, some follow up is probably uh, critical. So. And and things like letters of agreement, contracts, sign things. Yeah. Yeah. So trust me, as an entrepreneur, <laughs> I've been. Yeah, I made that mistake. A number of times and it went fine until yeah. it, it didn't, didn't. yes <laughs> but I, I guess that's what all of us learn in our career along the way it's like it doesn't dawn on you that someone will set you up for failure and mm-hmm. and move documents or you know whatever it is they're away. doing yeah, take <laughs> your office away. come in whoa I don't have an office anymore wow that's I'm like walking to the door what what's this stuff <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm laughing at yeah. it now just because it's so crazy, but yeah, that must not have been fun at the time. No, no. That was, that was tough. Yeah. That was tough. So what do you want people, you know, um, along with all the stories we're talking about, which I know have piqued your interest, and a lot of them you, uh, the listeners, can certainly relate to. I'm thinking of different people on different stories that are going, yep, mm-hmm. I had that boss. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, but... You know, one of the other key things, and you mentioned this at the beginning, but I'd like to t- you to talk about it more, is other than the, oh, my God, I'm not the only one this has happened to type thing, what what did you write the book for and what can they get out of it? So the book basically is just some guidelines and steps that I have followed and um, polished over the years that I've taken with me into any organization that I work with. Um, I conduct myself in a certain way that enables me to be the best professional that I can for them, but then also in turn gives them the opportunity to learn exactly what I do contribute to the organization. And by doing that, I have elevated myself to uh, an autonomous trusting role where Mm -hmm. I'm not micromanaged. Um, Very, very rarely am I asked to 
show my work, as they say in math, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's more, you've got this, you've got the autonomy, we're, we're following your direction. And I'm brought in more in the conversation. Um, and that is primarily because of the steps outlined in the book. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, these steps are very clear, they're very simple. Can you give an example of one, please? Uh, being loud, being loud all the time. Like when you're reading an article and you think that it applies to something that your CEO needs to know, pass that article on to them. Make sure, the, I'm, I'm aware of this, I'm learning this, I'm keeping my instrument tuned and I'm sending you that information because I think this is important for us to consider mm -hmm. for next year. You know, just little things like your survey results. When you get your survey results, swim in them. Like, take them and roll up, a, get to bed in them. Like, just, it, that is so much information. Now, I'm not talking food and temperature because that's crazy. But there's so much information there. Your attendees are telling you what they're expecting from you next time. That has to be. Your ones from this past conference will be super interesting. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I know, I can't wait. I can't I wait. I mean, to they haven't been to anything in two years oh either. Right. And I mean, and, and they know that the world will be different going yeah. forward. Oh, my gosh, that's oh going to be so interesting. So, for instance, we had one feedback where one speaker, far and above all others, got the best reviews. Everyone really enjoyed who sat in that class, really enjoyed this person. Mm -hmm. So when we were having a product launch, you know, I'm in the elevator with my CEO, and I'm like, hey, we're having a product launch. We're going to have to get that information out. Have you thought about bringing back Gary? He got the biggest results, and people mm -hmm. really love listening to this guy. So if we're talking about a new product that people are going to want to, you're, you're going to need them to pay attention to the presentation. Why not bring the guy back that they love? Yeah. And he was like, whoa. Where did that come from? Yes, I'm doing it. So just being valuable and consistently sending that message. And it's going to feel annoying. It's going to feel like, oh, I'm really just tooting my horn here. But you can toot your horn without blowing it. That's a, that's a book that I read, and I loved it. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yep. yeah you can yep. toot your own horn without blowing it. You don't um, have to be the obnoxious person. You don't person have to be here. the obnoxious person. But periodically, it doesn't hurt if you haven't talked with those p people in a while to send the message out. And uh, copy your boss. Please, please, dear God, do that. <laughs> Just make sure that they are constantly involved with the conversation. Um, but but you really need to get to your message above that person, too. Mm -hmm. So that's just one of many, you know, being professional, being um, ethical. partnering, bearing ethical is a big, big thing with me. But that there's yep. so such a fine line. And I've had so many conversations with mm -hmm. my vendor friends over that because they want to spoil you. They want to give you the sleep. They want to bring you the coffee in the morning. And all of that is great. But it also contributes to our lack of respect that we get from our leadership because it is noticed if they're bringing you a latte in the morning. They can be like, oh, that's really cute. Your, your hotel people bring you lattes in the morning. That's awesome. And they can walk away. But if you really get to what they're thinking of that, it doesn't look well for us. So there's a time and place to be spoiled by our vendors. On site is not necessarily that time or place. Unlike a lot of planners say, you know, you get your best room when you're on site working a meeting. You're never in the room. I don't know what they're you talking didn't. about because I had a closet and, <laughs> and I worked very well out of my closet. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's it just, you know, it's like, no, you want to get the best room like when you're there with someone Correct. and you're actually and having you're coming fun. Back and you know, yes. yes, exactly. And so it's fine to be like mentioned to them. I'm coming back and, you know, I'm going yep. to be there. I don't have an issue at all with that. And I do that for my bosses too. If they're going on yep. vacation, I know I have a contact. 
contact there. I'm like, hey, <laughs> good opportunity to make us, not just me, you look good too, but oh, yeah. maybe float a little amenity to the room and, you know, that yep. kind of thing. It's mm -hmm. really nice. And your army, take care of your army that way too. Oh, you yeah. Know, those people that are sticking up for you when you're not there, yes, there's lots of opportunities for us to do that in this industry and I highly recommend it. But taking all of the perks for yourself is just a huge no-no for me. It's yes. just a huge no-no for me. And um, making decisions based off how many hotel points you're going to get off of a contract. <gasps> I have no other um, – that that will make me lose respect for you faster. Yes. Faster than anything else. Because I've worked with people like that. Their conference yep. doesn't fit. They know it doesn't fit. But those points just, like, they look like steak to them. I don't know. And if you're a vegetarian, look carrot. I don't know. But they're, like, drooling over it. And I yeah. want it, so I'm signing. Well, I'm going to take my family next year. Mm -hmm. I've got, yeah, oh, some of the stories over mm -hmm. the years of fam yes, trips yes. And, and points. and Yeah. So it's a fine line. It's very gray. I don't think there truly is a black and white here. Um, I think it's a, a conversation you definitely need to have with your leadership, though, because if they do not have an ethics policy in place, you'll probably learn about that the hard way. Yeah, you're right. Definitely knowing what the ethics policy is in your organization. But also, you know, a number of people have told me over the years, if you have to ask if it's ethical, it it's probably not. isn't. It's not. Your grandma's in the background going, right. no, honey, I was saying, don't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I always think that if I have to question it, I'm going to err in anything in my life. I'm going to err on the other way. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, I don't want my career Impacted. going up in smoke. I mean. It can happen so quickly. Oh, yeah. So quickly. And I've known of people who get into a position and they just assume that this was fine in my last role. Yes. So it's going to be okay here. And then they are let go. And they were not told. You know, you, right. don't not, you don't necessarily always get that benefit. So if they don't have an ethics policy, it does bring up a good conversation. Yeah. Because then it's like, well, if you don't have one, then really let's talk about what that looks like. Because this is some things that I might get offered in this role. And I need to know, am I within my rights to accept or not or how do you want me to pass that along and for example i was reading the other day about one organization and the hotel points went back into the organization but the miles from the airlines they could keep personally yeah that's because it was kind of the repayment for having to be away yeah that's you know, exactly how i feel um yeah. but uh you know some you get neither right. some you right. could get both but that's again right. knowing but the ethics you know, it's I, I call this a, a big, small or a small, big industry. It's it is huge. I mean, the millions yes. of people who literally work around the world in the industry. Mm -hmm. But it's also in the word I use and I apologize if it, it offends anyone is it's very incestuous. You know mm -hmm. everyone or mm -hmm. that person's only, mm -hmm. you know, a step away or you met them 15 years ago and guess what? You're now at another, you know, property yes, with yes. them and, mm -hmm. and you just have to... I mean, we're all told don't burn your bridges, but in this industry, word gets around really, really quickly. Yeah, it does. It does. And you just, it's just not fair. It's, it's just sad when it happens because yep. it's usually quite innocent. Um, so no, not sad. always. No, no, no. I, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, no, there's I'm a lot of people. I'm trying to be more polite here, but you're right. <laughs> no, there's a lot of people who try to figure out how they can get the most out of it personally. There's yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And, oh, I have met those people, and it's just, I would just want to wring their neck because it's just, it's such a precious opportunity and such a, an amazing career choice and to be given the ability to do it and paid to do it. Yep. Um, I think there's a chapter in the book, it's you're not special, your job is. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's I, I don't know how else to sum that up. Mm -hmm. You're not special. 
Yep. Your, your job is quite special. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thoughts? Oh, you want to say uh, something there? I, I have something totally unrelated. No. No. Okay. We'll do that afterwards. <laughs> Nothing to do with Christina or the book? Christina. Oh, well, okay. I understand I no you're where we're going on this. very familiar with somebody named Steve. Yes. Okay. How has he adapted to uh, living with a meeting planner, which is what I do? Oh, that might be in a whole other book. Well, I'm <laughs> working. He's working on it. Yep. You know, yep. and um, the very first acknowledgement in my book is to my husband, who's been with me on this journey and this crazy career, who's held more than my heart, right? And for him to stick with me, and I've missed birthdays and holidays, and I've, I've not been there all the times when I should. And, you know, there are times I'm out on the road and I we can't really talk to each other. Uh, he understands that, but things can be devastating at the house. You know, he's dealing with stuff that I can't participate in as a partner. Uh, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how he does it. But I can say that I have the utmost respect for anybody who is married to an event planner. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where you get the great. Steve the Great, that's where that comes from. <laughs> I mean, it is, I mean, we can be very hard to live with, but it's interesting how everyone turns to us, though, to fix things and take care of things. Oh, absolutely. Well, no, no, that's another Vacation, story, yeah. the yes. 50th anniversary parties. Griswold. He's like, oh, you're going to Griswold our vacation. I'm never going to get any time to do anything. And then one year I said, okay, I'm not going to do that. And then he was like, please, Griswold. He's like, I need my itinerary. What are we doing? I need to go do something. Where are we going to go eat? It's like, I tried to talk to you about (laughs) that. You know, it's like. uh, To be fair, he's good at that, too. He, like, he does contribute. But it is kind of, that was so funny. I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do it. And it was noticed. It was noticed. It was fun. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't think families even realize they do this to the person who's the, the planner is, it's kind of by default that you're going to plan these things, including Mm -hmm. Honestly, and I've talked to enough people after it happened to me, the funerals, mm. and it's like... Yeah, you're right. This is natural. Like, Yeah, except you need to be able to grieve, too, and, and it, it's an interesting role, but our families turn to us, uh, or our immediate circle, whoever they are, to do these things because we do make lists, and we do make sure things get done no matter what is going on, yeah. and they forget that part of it when they are thinking we are way too over-detailed. Yeah. You know, they forget that there's a a lot they rely on for us to do that. I totally agree. And I have to give my friends credit because I went to Europe in 2019, right before the pandemic with my husband and our best friend. And um, they were hilarious. They're like, you're not doing anything. You're not calling for an Uber. You're not, you know, we're going to make sure you get to where you need to be and you don't have to worry. And I was like, do you freak out? I was like, I love you so much. (laughs) I think I cried on the mountain. I was like, really? I don't have to do this. Like, you know, because sometimes getting an Uber, especially in Europe can be, I mean, I'm, you know, the, the language barrier, nonetheless, but, you know, how many times do you say you're standing in front of the cathedral? And what, which cathedral? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I don't like know. It can be really stressful, right? So, um, so, so, yeah, I was just like, oh, my God, I love you guys so much. <laughs> I think that lasted a couple of days, and I was like, okay, I'll call it. You know, yeah. <laughs> i, I got to have Can't some control this. here. Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing for breakfast tomorrow yeah. morning? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Thoughts you all want to share? Thoughts, questions, things in the book that you read that you want to comment on? just had something in my head a second ago I'm trying to remember um oh I think it was about I really like the book because I feel like for someone who's very new into the events industry and I don't have a lot of the experiences that you've mentioned in the book um I can like I know what 
I kind of would like think about, oh, I don't want to be like an unschooled planner or an uneducated planner. Like I want to take mm-hmm. classes. And so I mm-hmm. don't make mistakes that some of these people you mentioned made. Um, and so that's one thing why I really enjoyed the book, if that made any sense. <laughs> I hope it, it did. did. But, um, it did. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like a lot of new planners can really relate to this book and or I really get something out of it. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yay. That's really what I was hoping for. Because yeah. you guys <laughs> are the next generation and I'm just trying to like give you a little hand up to mm-hmm. the level that we really need to operate at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'll see it in my lifetime, but that's my hope. That is mm-hmm. my hope for the industry. At the end of the day, that's why I wrote the book. It's let's we've got to elevate ourselves. It's grassroots yes. now. And I think go back to what you're saying, like there's no real traditional career path of you get your bachelor's and then you do An that specific and position and that's spe- which don't even exist apparently yeah. from what I've seen mm-hmm. and I love entry level positions that require three years <laughs> of experience. Oh, oh really? yeah, that's that, that's imp- it's Everywhere. impossible. The job descriptions are all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the they place. really are. And 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 a lot of it is like marketing, and you're going to re- be reporting to marketing, and and yes, there are elements of that, but I. I dream of the day where we have an event department within the organization and an event professional is running that department mm-hmm. and they have a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. That's what it, that's what needs to happen. And some organizations are there, some are but there. Yeah. some are there but and that's great and wonderful. But across the board. But we need to bring people in. You know, yesterday I told the class I said if you think you might be involved want to be involved in media and event planning while you are in college, you need to go get involved in student activities. Mm-hmm. You yes. need to learn. I know you ran stuff mm-hmm. and you were involved in both of you were involved in sororities more, and yeah. mm-hmm. what was that? I was like I did a little bit, but I wish I definitely wish I got involved more with events. Because that's how you're going to find out, do you like it? Do you not? (laughs) But it does help coming out of school to already have some of that, you know, setting Mm -hmm. up chairs and, you know, marketing Mm -hmm. it and working backstage with, you know, whoever Mm -hmm. the performers are. Mm -hmm. And just all of that will give you so much insight or, or running, you know, on a lot of the college campuses, they hire students not only to work events and set up events, but also handling like scheduling of the buildings, especially the college center or student union or whatever and um i think that's that's really important because it will give you a clearer because i've definitely seen people coming out of college who have no clue Mm -hmm. i had one working with me she was she's still in school yeah she was and i remember the first event i took her to and i had actually spoken to her class and talked about how you will be on your feet you know yeah 15 hours a day you may get four hours of sleep you know getting food and something to drink can be a challenge getting to the restroom can be a challenge Mm -hmm. you know this is just the way it goes and she went to the first event which was a small but very stressful event and at lunchtime when everyone was served she goes well when do I eat lunch and I'm thinking never you know or at least you (laughs) know at least from you know a couple hours she was so clueless yeah as to it's not about you it's always about Them. them Yeah. And, you know, you learned to pack food and you learned, you know, all that. But she was clueless why she couldn't sit down and eat lunch in the middle of the lunch. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, no, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, and I have a photo that I'll share with you guys. And I I know your audience can't see it and you probably guys are very happy. Uh, Yeah, but you guys will be very happy because it's the blister on my foot of having coming back (laughs) (laughs) after a year. And I sent this to all of my planning friends. I'm like, yeah, we're back live. (laughs) (laughs) And I wore the wrong shoes. Oh, Oh, wow. That looks painful. So you guys can just, like, you know, Google blister. It'll probably be right on the back of the It might be that, yeah. And it's like, yeah, we're live. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, we're we're back to we're all back. this. That's that's uh, the true tale. <laughs> totally believe it. Were you finished with your? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, okay. I was. Anything else anyone else wants to share? I have no idea how long we've been talking, and I always tell people we have no time. We just, just go, we go just until we're we done, go. and you can always stop and listen to the rest of it another time. So I'm not going to worry about it. I just want to thank you so much for having me on the podcast and for writing my forward. I, that just meant so much to me. You have no idea. So, um, wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, I was like, I'm she glad, asked me I'm to write her forward. Paths have crossed, and I have a lot of respect for you, and your staff certainly has a lot of respect for you. And, uh, and you know, I'll share some things, but they mm. uh, they speak very highly of you. Well, and I, I don't know anybody who doesn't speak highly of her. Right? I don't think mm. I know either. I don't think yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> no, <Steve>. <laughs> <laughs> this one right there. <laughs> Why do you think I don't call him Steve the Gray? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I was, uh, I'm very blessed. Unfortunately, you don't get to meet Sophie and, and some of the other people who've come through the door and, and Marianne, who's a, a trooper and other things and, and everything. But, um, you know, I, I realized, and I think this is something that, it, it, you know, my, my whole time of owning my own company, which is a lot more years than I realized mm-hmm. until recently, um, <laughs> like a few decades, not even a couple of decades now, and everyone who's worked in my office has been in transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were high school students, college students, grad students, trying to get into law school, um, some big career change, something like that. And they came and they spent time with me and we tried to figure it out. And they always moved my company ahead exponentially. They tolerated it, in, you know, with all the stuff that I have flowing out of my head at any given time. And um, but. You know, I realized last year that actually I consider part of the mission and the value statements of my company is to create an environment where people can learn and get experience and have the support and, I don't know if mentoring is the right word from me, but, you know, to go to that next step. Like, I, I know yeah. when they come, I don't get anyone forever, yeah. which is kind of cool and what Pauline tagged it in the spring, which meant a lot to me, was talent incubator. Oh, I love that. And um, that meant so much to me. I actually have it hanging in my office just to remind me, like, that I actually see that as part of my purpose. Is that... It is. Is that people... I mean, I started that's out in colleges, yeah. and, and so I always worked with students, and I'm sure that's where a lot of it came from and, and everything. But, I mean, it's kind of sad. I see people come and go, but... You know, I've got attorneys, I have, you know, these, you know, directors of HR and huge corporations that worked for me, that worked with me. I try never to say for, you know, and, and that's kind of a I think you're going to get a lot of resumes after this. It's just, I want to be like, oh, I wish I were just getting out of college. (laughs) But some of them have been like people in their late twenties or Mm thirties, just there's some transition in their life and they end up being with me. I love that. That's and great. and I'm good on it. It's yeah. it's expanded my way of thinking, and they've taught me everything. I remember the first time Emily taught me how to listen to music on my computer 15 years ago. She's like, I can't, I tend not to put any noise on, and so it would drive them up the wall in my <laughs> office because it'd be dead quiet, and I didn't even notice it, you know, because yeah. too much yeah. going on up here. And they're like, or or they, you know, I had post-its and everything everywhere and they decided we were cleaning the office because some of this had to be on the computer you know and it redid the filing system just all the things you know the social media you know uh learning zoom all the things you guys teach me you know at any given time like oh and they're constantly learning they were saying how you know yes (laughs) um on the way in they were just saying 
you know, we're on top of all of the, the new technologies. And when I learn something, it's like I got to go back and learn it again because the new launch just came out. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's awesome to see that. Yeah, that's you. Kinda well, and talent you know, incubator. I do love that. That's yeah. awesome. And it just, you know, it means a lot to me. I'm They're way ahead of me on certain things. But, you know, I always tell them, I mean, I've known for a long time my management style is here's the end goal. <laughs> there's any parameters you need to know legal ethical financial go do it let me know if you have questions and it kind of freaks people out when they first come to work with me that I'm giving them that much that's the best way to learn and but I'm thinking if I micromanage them what are you doing I I might as well have done it myself and the whole idea of bringing other people in is so I can do the things only I can do correct and so you know it's but I love it. I mean, every once in a while, I'll hear from one of my people, you know, I've got uh, some in their 40s probably now. And they're like, you know, I I, I do this because, or, you know, I because of your office, or I got this job because you let me do this. And yeah. it's like, okay. You made a big difference. You know, I'm okay, you know. I love that. Small company, but, you know. Hopefully, no, that's, that's in its own weird way, makes a, a big impact. That's why so. it meant so much to me that you wrote my forward because I knew that. Thank you. No, thank you. So now you got to buy the book, people. No, you don't have <laughs> yeah, to. But have hopefully to. you want to. So December 10th, right? Yep, uh, December 10th, yep. Amazon and probably some other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we will certainly let you know when the book comes out. So um, we'll make sure you get all the graphics and everything to them mm-hmm. so we can get it up on social media and in the e-guide and oh, everything. You. And um, I hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, boy, I hope you enjoy all of them. So <laughs> did you two enjoy yes, Did you yes, three enjoy, I did enjoy it? Did you? Loved it. You loved it. <laughs> you loved it. So thanks so much for hanging out with us. Um, hopefully this was interesting. Hopefully you had some fun. We obviously did. We usually do. And you heard some things that will help you move forward in your career. So thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget, you can find, if you're not on the e-guide, uh, let us know. We can add you to it. The podcasts are now, as I said, appearing on other things and Instagram, Twitter, whatever your social media of choice is, we, um, we may be there. So thanks so much again, and we will see you on the – see you? Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like I can see you. So anyway, <laughs> next episode when it comes by. Thanks a lot.